RadioInfluence.com. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Oh, here we go with another edition of our preview of this weekend's Big Fight. Big Fight Weekend is back, and it involves the IBF Middleweight Championship vacant belt that is up for grabs, and it also has a little sentimental value for the host. Welcome in. Glad that you're with us, whether you found us through RadioInfluence.com or whether you subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening here on Big Fight Weekend as we get ready for a 12-round middleweight championship fight between the Miracle Man, Daniel Jacobs. Danny Jacobs and a Lithuanian undefeated fighter that is largely unproven, but it's somebody that Jacobs knows well. Sergei Derevyachenko is his name. Derevyachenko is a training partner of Jacobs. They, they again get along. They've sparred with each other. Now they're about to square off in a 12-round battle for a world championship and a chance to really step up for a bigger fight. So we're glad that you're with us. And this one, as I mentioned, has sentimental value because it will be one of the final fights after 45 years, home box office, HBO, the cable premium movie channel and entertainment giant is getting out of the boxing business. And this will be one of the final couple of fights that HBO will televise here at the end of 2018 at the time that we are talking. Now, that being said, they have left the door open this much. I know it's digital radio and you can't see me, but they've cracked it just this much to where they may come back in and show pay-per-view at some point, 2019, 2020, might have a big fight uh, involving a, a, a large rematch, etc. Something, an occasional fight. But the days of HBO having two or maybe even three fights a month on their premium cable network coming to an end. I mean, and this this goes back all the way. Uh, I'm going to joke with a couple of our guests. I'm going to introduce them in a second. This goes all the way back to the 70s when HBO was showing fights on television that you couldn't see anywhere else and paying uh, astronomical amounts of money and rights fees to show replays of fights. I mean, people don't understand that, that pre-internet and even pre-pay-per-view that they would show fights on closed-circuit uh, in a movie theater, in a ballroom, in a in a sporting arena or something, that's how you would go and see a humongous fight and pay extra money for it. But then there wasn't really a television outlet to show it. The TV networks would would rarely show a tape delay of these fights. So you, HBO pounced on the opportunity to at least be a replay outlet and then eventually began to dominate televising heavyweight boxing in the 1980s and establish themselves as really the television essentially elite of uh, of boxing. Well, that's about to be gone. And so this fight has historic significance because it's one of the last ones on a, on a network that has had the likes of Mike Tyson and Oscar De La Hoya and Roy Jones and Triple G and Canelo Alvarez and on and on and on down the list. Even going back to the late 70s and the early 80s, uh, the, the Holmes Cooney replay. You'll hear me reference the Sugar Ray Leonard Thomas Hearns replay, the the Hearns Hagler epic pay per view fight in the early stages of pay per view replayed on HBO, and and uh, the Tyson Spinks, the one round debacle, uh, the knockout by Mike Tyson. Again, everybody glued by the millions to watch the replay of that ninety seconds or so on HBO. 
So it does have some historical significance. All right, so let's get into the particulars of this fight. Again, how it came about is when uh, Triple G, when Gennady Golovkin had all of the belts in the middleweight division, the IBF, the International Boxing Federation, mandated you got to fight our number one guy. Our number one guy is Derevyuchenko. Sergey Derevyuchenko is a Lithuanian, a former uh, Lithuanian Olympian. He did not medal in 2008 in uh, China at the Beijing Olympics, but he was on that Olympic team. Unbeaten at the at the time, he was ten and zero, and the IBF said, "You've got to fight Derevyuchenko within a certain amount of time here, or we're going to strip you of our belt." And Golovkin said, "You know what? You're going to have the belt. Here you go." So now they have finally made this fight with Derevyuchenko winning a couple more. Daniel Jacobs is in the way. Jacobs at thirty four and two with twenty nine knockouts is a former middleweight contender who fought Golovkin. He got the fight that Derevyuchenko didn't get yet. And uh, Jacobs took Golovkin the distance, the one time Triple G had ever been the distance. He had scored every other fight as a knockout win. And uh, Danny Jacobs hung in with Triple G in the World Middleweight Championship fight that the two of them fought. Uh, That one taking place back a year and a half ago in March of 2017, a narrow decision win, 115-112 on two of the cards for Triple G, 114-113 on the other card. So Jacobs acquitted himself well, and this is a guy that's got 29 knockouts in the 34 wins. He has overcome a rare form of bone cancer that sidelined him for 18 months back in the earlier part of this decade, in the 2010s, has overcome that, but now questions remain about whether or not uh, Jacobs' best fights are behind him and his best days are behind him. He's a 31-year-old who gets set to step in the ring here for an enormous night because we'll talk about this with our guests coming up. Jonas Knox of Fox Sports Radio, who does a fantastic job talking everything, including uh, boxing on his national Fox Sports Radio overnight broadcasts every weekend all across the country digitally through iHeartRadio. He will be with us. And then from New York City, Ari Russell, who I love, his insight and analysis on the sweet science. He is there where they're fighting this fight in the old, what used to be called the Felt Forum, the Madison Square Garden uh, alternate arena. It is now called the Hulu Theater right next to the garden. That's where this fight will be Saturday night on HBO. And Ari is in the the Mecca, the World Media Center, the craziness that is the NYC. So I'll, I'll ask him about uh, the importance. Where does this fight rank right now in the New York sports fans' consciousness uh, as, as all of this unfolds? But I'm going to talk with J- uh, Jonas Knox about this, that, uh, hey, the winner of this fight really may have a chance either at Triple G again, who does not have the belts now that uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, saw Canelo Alvarez defeated Triple G in their rematch earlier in uh, in September. But could one of these guys, Jacobs or Derevyuchenko, get Triple G? Could they get in the ring with Canelo in 2019? Somebody's going to win this, and it's going to be important as the next step for their career. And so that's the that's the backdrop of this one. Again, you're not going to know a lot about Derevyuchenko because he hasn't fought household names. He's 12-0 and with 10 knockouts, and as is often the case, uh, boxing organizations latch on to a guy who's kind of up and coming and undefeated, and th- this is the biggest name that he will have fought. Jacobs has been ranked in the world rankings of the middleweight division for the better part of five years. He's been an important fighter as a contender in the middleweight division. And so now that sets the stage. That that sets the stage for Saturday night, IBF vacant middleweight title fight. Daniel Jacobs, the miracle man, back from cancer. Can he capture 
this portion of the heavyweight, or I'm sorry, of the middleweight championship. Can he capture that on Saturday night? Or will Derevyuchenko get another win, remain undefeated, and set himself up for the big matchup? All right, there you go. That's the that's the backdrop. We've got special guests coming up. They have some insights, some analysis. I'll be back as well with them. This big fight weekend continues on for Jacobs and Derevyuchenko, one of the final fights on HBO. Continuing along IBF, vacant middleweight title fight coming Saturday night on HBO. And again, we're not going to be able to say that too many more times. We are in the preview mode on Big Fight Weekend. Let me call in the Prince of Darkness. I love having this man on on all subjects, but particularly the sweet science whenever it comes up. He's back with me. He is the Jonas Knox from Fox Sports Radio. You hear him overnights on Friday nights and Saturday nights into the wee hours of the morning, also on Sunday evenings with Brady Quinn on that national network. Loves the fights, love getting his insight. How are you, sir? I am great. Anytime I can talk fights with the great T.J. Reeves and I can get you away from a Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline, are you kidding me? Let's do this. Oh, all right. So we will get to HBO, but let's just begin it with this. Are you like me that this is like a void? We grew up watching fights on HBO. We'll talk more later. But this is, I don't want to say like a funeral, but this is a downer that this is one of the last couple of fights on HBO as we close out 2018. I'm a little down about that. Yeah, I, it would be like uh, for the Star Wars nerds out there when uh, when Toys R Us shut down. <laughs> It would be like that for us. Uh, I am, yeah, I, I'm bummed, man. And I know we're going to get into it later on, but it just, it was part of my childhood. I grew up on HBO Boxing. So to think that it's just not going to exist anymore, I, it, it's almost, it's almost not real. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hard, finding a hard time believing it. As but, a, as a know, fight we'll fan, for that. sure. All right. So yeah. on this fight, because I rely on you for insight and analysis, most of the audience, if you're a fight fan, knows about Daniel Jacobs. The Miracle Man, back from cancer, as I was detailing before you came on. Uh, got a championship shot against Golovkin, lost a narrow 12-round decision. Ha- you know, Earlier in his career, some great knockout power. So this is one of his last hurrahs here trying to capture this belt against a, a, a Sergei Derevyuchenko, who's undefeated but largely untested on the big-time stage. What do you make of this matchup for the vacant middleweight title that's on the line? Well, I'm interested in it because I think this is potentially what the future of the middleweight division is going to look like as far as contenders go, because we don't know what's going to happen with Triple G next. We know about Canelo and his big new deal. He signed um, the 10 fight uh, contract that he signed uh, with, is it Dazen? It's DAZN. Uh, it's, it's, it's spelled Dazen. They want, to, they want to call it DAZN. I don't know why they couldn't get the rights to spell it out as DAZN, but maybe they like abbreviations. But yeah, and it's a 10 fight deal with them that's interesting, too. I mean, he's locked up for a while, obviously. Yeah, so this may be what we could see down the road for Canelo Alvarez. And I would consider these guys, I don't know if you would agree, probably the, the next tier below the top tier of the middleweight division, which is Canelo, which is Triple G. These guys aren't exactly uh, big-time names. Jacobs, we know the story. He's a great story. He's always worth rooting for. I mean, Sergey, we're not even we, – we don't really know much about him, and the first time we're going to get to watch him is going to be on HBO, and then they're canceling boxing after this. So it's like, <laughs> what's going to happen with his career, you know? 
So I, I am fascinated because I do think it's a peek into what could potentially be the future of the middleweight division. Uh, so it should be a fun fight to watch. Well, and again, for Derevyuchenko, only 12 professional fights since turning pro about five, six years ago. Hasn't been tremendously active. Does have 10 knockouts uh, to his credit. One of the fascinating angles uh, that you pull out of this is these guys know each other very well. They've sparred together. As as Jacob said in the media build-up to this fight, they've sparred over 300 rounds together. They have the same trainer, the same chief second, Andre Rogier, and Rogier will be in Jacobs' corner so Derevyuchenko will use Gary Russell Sr., the father of WBC featherweight champ Gary Russell Jr., in his corner. What do you make of they know each other so well here and now they're about to fight Saturday night? I don't. Part of me thinks this is going to be a boring fight. Only, and I only say that because if you know what each guy's strength is, and they're both clearly good boxers or else they wouldn't have gotten this far, uh, Derevyuchenko wouldn't have been undefeated at this point, even if he hasn't fought a lot. and He's got 10 knockouts out of 12 fights. But if they know each other this well, you're going to know they've got more strengths than they do weaknesses. And if you know the other guy's strength, then you're just going to be trying to exploit his weaknesses. And if that's the case and they don't have a lot of them because they are at this uh, level of, of the fight game, then I just see this being maybe a little bit of a cautious fight. Um, you know, knowing not to go here because he's got a, a he'll counter with this. I just, I, I wonder if that plays. And, and if they have a good relationship, there's a respect level there to where you saw Triple G and Canelo to keep it in the middleweight division. That second time around, they went out there to hurt each other, especially Canelo, because they didn't like each other. And I just wonder if the respect, the familiarity is going to lead to a bit of a boring fight. I'm, I'm interested to watch it, but I, I'm sort of leaning towards that if I was betting anyway. Uh, Jacobs, 29 knockouts, many of them earlier in his career. Again, his last two fights have have both gone the distance as victories, as decisions after he lost to Triple G. And again, Derevyuchenko, only 12 professional fights, former uh, representative in the 2008 Olympics with Lithuania, did not medal in the Olympics. And so now they will fight in this main event coming up. Uh, on Saturday evening there in the in what was the old Felt Forum, what's now the Hulu Theater. They dressed it up in, in uh, Madison Square Garden. So uh, that's the matchup that is coming on Saturday evening. We'll see if we get some big bombs, uh, you know, perhaps a knockout in this fight. Might it go a while? We'll find out. Uh, the, the bigger reason why I have you here, Jonas Knox, on Big Fight Weekend is we transition over now to HBO And as I mentioned at the top of the interview, they're getting out of the boxing business after 45 years. It goes all the way back to down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier with uh, the Howard Cosell call. It goes back to HBO showing the closed circuit of Foreman and Frazier in Jamaica in 1973 and has come forward a couple of thousand fights later, literally, that they have shown on TV. So... Uh, it's it's amazing that basically for six decades, going back to the 70s now, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, uh, roughly well, roughly five decades, uh, 45 years, they're they're going to put a cap on this after so many great fights. And I, I think a lot of people are shaking their head. I, I guess the first thing to you is: Does this damage boxing a little bit when a when a prominent Goliath televisor of boxing says no thanks anymore? Um, I think that it'll damage it, especially initially, because I know that they've talked about, well, the ratings for these fights that we put on that are non-pay-per-view fights are this, and we only get this many viewers for this, and and Game of Thrones does this many, and and I get all that. But 
there still is, I believe, a market for somebody at home on a Saturday night who doesn't want to have to pay extra to watch a fight if something comes on. And and I think that and I'm bummed because and I told you this um, my childhood, I was raised on HBO boxing. We had a big family. Uh, we couldn't afford to go out to dinner because there were so many of us. We couldn't afford to go to the movies because there were so many of us. So our splurge that we could afford was the monthly HBO bill. And so I was raised on HBO. I was raised on HBO boxing. <laughs> I love it. I remember, I remember Michael Moore getting knocked out by George Foreman yep. and my grandpa calling my late grandpa calling the house right after it happened because he had HBO too. And they splurged for HBO monthly. It just Roy Jones fights. My brother, uh, the last fight my brother saw before he passed away was a Roy Jones fight on a Saturday in January of 2000. And I don't remember the fight. I don't remember exactly which fight it was, but I know there was a Roy Jones fight on. And I remember that was one of the last times that we shared together. I was raised on HBO boxing. They set the bar, their production, everything around it. Jim Lampley, uh, who could cry if somebody talked about Stitch Duran, you know, he's going to be in, in, in tears yeah. uh, during the broadcast. I just, Larry Merchant uh, shoving a fan violently and then fixing his hair afterwards. I mean, that's, that's what you grew up on. I love HBO boxing, so I'm bummed. I'm really bummed. Well, and they, you know, they had so many heavyweight title fights. I mean, this was the destination oh. in the '80s. It, it predates you just a little bit because I'm a little older than you. But if you wanted to see Larry Holmes defend or all of the Tyson heavyweight title defenses of the late '80s, they were all on HBO. Leading, leading up to the iconic moment, I'll probably say this another time during Big Fight Weekend here, uh, as we talk Jacobs and Derevyuchenko and the world middleweight title being on HBO in one of their last fights, is when Tyson got defeated by Buster Douglas. It was almost an afterthought at that point to watch Tyson fights on HBO, but it was on HBO live from Tokyo, late night, Saturday night in the United States, Sunday afternoon in Tokyo. That to me, that's the moment I point back to. I will all whenever I think HBO boxing, I will remember that moment when Buster Douglas stunned everybody and destroyed the seemingly indestructible Mike Tyson, Jonas. Oh yeah, I, I remember. Man, I I was young, but I can remember thinking, you know, your heroes are always even greater than than you realize when you're younger. Like, or not, not heroes, but people that are just so demonstrative and so right. famous. And so I remember thinking Mike Tyson getting beat and I didn't feel like it was possible because he had been so dumb. I mean, he's knocking guys out on temple shots. Yep. Uh, who was it? Was it Tre Trevor, Trevor Burbick, Burbick right. temple and, right. and, and Burbick looked like a giraffe on rollerblades trying to find <laughs> his feet. He couldn't figure it out. And so the idea that Mike Tyson could get beat and not only get beat, but get knocked out and just the iconic image of him trying to put the mouthpiece back in and having no idea where he was at, just just the shakeup, the odds, all of that went that went into it. And I, I can remember my brother and I, my two brothers, my, my brother who I had mentioned before who had passed away, but they were huge boxing fans. That's why I became a boxing fan. And I can remember them going to watch Holyfield Buster Douglas and my brother coming home and saying, yeah, the fight was bad, but at least I got this. And he wore around probably for the next four years 
a Holyfield Buster Douglas giveaway hat that they were given out at some sports bar that was showing the HBO boxing pay-per-view. And he was so happy with it that he wore this thing into the ground. (laughs) And I just, I remember the HBO graphic on the side of it. I remember it was, it was amazing. But like, to your point, like so much of what we watched that you, it just becomes imprinted in your mind and you start thinking about like how much of an impact it had on your life. And, and like, I don't know how we can't miss it when it's gone. Uh, Jonas Knox from Fox Sports Radio, kind enough to spend a few minutes with me on Big Fight Weekend. It's Jacobs Derevyuchenko, IBF, vacant middleweight title fight. Somebody's going to be crowned a champion Saturday night on HBO. And again, they have one more looming fight in November scheduled. And, and look, there's an outside possibility that HBO may still do an occasional fight a huge pay-per-view something. They have not completely ruled that out. But the regular boxing monthly, a couple of times a month, is going away for good, which is a it's a head-shaking uh, decision on that front. Hey, I, I go back to some of the other great fights that they had. I still remember, and I, again, I'm older than you, but I, I was young when Leonard fought Hearns in the epic welterweight title fight in 81. That was on old closed circuit. There was no pay-per-view. You had to go to a theater. You had to go to a big ballroom. You had to go somewhere where somebody had the bootleg satellite feed. HBO Jonas had the replay the following week. And when they replayed the fight the following week, it would have millions that would watch the replay a week later after the fight. And so I still remember as a kid, as like a preteen, being so jacked a week later to watch Sugar Ray Leonard knock out Thomas Hearns because I knew it was coming on HBO. And so that's something that sticks with me almost 40 years ago, my friend. So that's how ingrained this is for me. You remember, you remember the old see, nowadays everything's direct TV or time or whatever your cable provider right. is, and it's all in a box. You can program from your phone. I mean, it, it, it's Back to the Future was so so right on about technology. It's disgusting, uh, and even they got the Cubs winning the World Series. How the hell did they pull that <laughs> off? But um, like the the idea that uh, I remember the, like the old channel box. There was no there was no remote, or if there was a remote, we probably lost ours. But I was always the channel changer That's where right. you would go up and you'd have to move this little toggle over to the right. And I always remember that HBO was channel 30 on our box. <laughs> and it seemed like it seemed like I went over to channel 30 more than I did anything else. That or maybe ESPN or, or right, right, maybe, right. maybe we had Showtime back then. But I can just remember that that was always – like, hey, you're getting up there. Like, you're almost there. Now you're at 30. Now the real quality comes on. I, Regardless of what – and, look, I, I teased Jim Lampley about getting emotional, and he will cry because he cries at the drop of a hat over anything. But I, Jim Lampley's the greatest boxing announcer of all time, in my opinion. Um, I, I would put Jim Lampley above and beyond everybody else. I think HBO's done the best broadcast. I think their productions have been, been the best, whether it's Boxing After Dark – or any of the other sort of, uh, you know, if you want to call uh, spinoffs of actual HBO boxing, I think it what they've done and their presentation has been so above and beyond everybody else. I like Showtime. I've talked to some of the people from Showtime. They do great work. HBO was the standard bear as far as boxing television goes, and I'm curious to see what happens next. If they say they're going to do an occasional fight. I think I think people would embrace it because I think they're going to realize once it's gone, damn, we miss Jim Lampley or damn, we miss Max Kellerman. Right. Um, I hope they do something with Harold Letterman. They can bring him back or, or not Harold Letterman. Um, um, 
uh, who am I? Uh, the old old broadcaster, Larry um, Merchant. Larry uh, Merchant again. Larry, yes. Yeah, Larry. Bring back Larry Merchant or something that just to spark up some memories because I think it'll be a fun trip down. Yeah, the the amazing thing is that uh, Merchant was a writer, was a boxing writer in New York, uh, and and he got the opportunity to help be on the broadcast of some of those early fights. Uh, in the heavyweight division that were all primarily in New York at the Garden, et cetera, and, he, and it turned into a humongous second career for him. And again, for the fans on Big Fight Weekend, for the historical perspective, I mean, we're talking about, I mentioned Leonard, Duran, Hearns, Hagler, all those big fights were on HBO, but Larry Holmes fighting throughout the 80s all the way up to Mike Tyson and then eventually uh, Lennox Lewis, Evander Holyfield, et cetera, et cetera, all of that coming through on HBO, George Foreman recapturing the heavyweight title, as as Jonas yep. mentioned, on HBO. Fighters like Oscar De La Hoya, Roy Jones, uh, on and on and on into the present day, and the great fighters like Triple G and Canelo, et cetera, et cetera, that have all been and, and part of HBO. And wasn't um, I mean, one of the great fights or great finishes I ever saw? Meldrick Taylor, Julio Cesar yes. Chavez Jr. Was that an, H- was yes. that an HBO fight? In the too? final yes. seconds of the final round with oh Jim God. Lampley screaming, I can't believe Richard Steele has stopped the fight. I mean, Meldrick Taylor was within like six or seven seconds of winning a decision when Richard Steele jumped in as, as Chavez was waylaying him in the 12th round in the corner. And it's an epic moment 30 years. That fight, Jonas, is almost 30 years ago. It's an epic moment from almost 30 years ago. Yeah, I would um, – I and, and Meldrick Taylor was never the same. And I, and I remember watching that fight, and my brothers and I, I – they sort of understood the significance of it because – I, Julio Cesar Chavez was undefeated at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Or if, if he had a loss, he maybe had one. But he was he was one of the top guys, period, especially at the lighter weights. And I remember them, they, they understood the historical significance of it well before I did, but I could tell by their reactions. And to your point, Jim Lampley's reactions, that this was a huge deal. I just didn't get it at the time, and then all these years later, the fact that I still remember that moment tells me what a big deal it was. So, uh, all right, if one is no chance and ten is a phenomenal chance, what's the chance that we get a spectacular fight out of Jacobs Derevyuchenko? I know you're not going to give me ten. Will you give me seven? Then we might get a spectacular knockout and a memorable fight here as one of the last ones on HBO? Um, I'll give you a seven. Uh, I, I, I will give you a seven. Um, I, I wonder if, because they know it's one of the final ones, if maybe they'll let a little bit more go. Um, if, if maybe they'll let, uh, you know, if, if a guy's in trouble, maybe they'll let it go on a little bit longer than, than what right. they would normally do. Not that, you know, I, I don't know that they would put somebody in serious jeopardy health-wise, but I wonder if understanding just sort of, hey, this is our last hurrah, you know, let's go out with a bang. Um, I wonder if they do something like that. Now, do you have what's your top moment? Do you have a top? Like, I think top I, again, I go back. I, I go back to that Leonard Hearns. I go back to Tyson and and Douglas. I'll give you another one that's a great one, and you can look this one up on YouTube because it's before your time, Jonas. But for the fans that are out there, go look up the first fight: Aaron the Hawk Pryor and Alexis Arguello, the old Orange Bowl oh in gosh. Miami. I remember yep. watching again as a youngster. I'm in I'm in my early teen years watching that fight 
on HBO. That's Barry Tompkins, I believe, and Larry Merchant, and Ray Leonard may have been on the call as well for, for that fight. Epic back-and-forth fight that Aaron Pryor finally won by technical knockout like in the 13th or 14th round. Again, I go old school, but those are fights, and obviously that's a 35, 37-year-old memory. That's one that sticks with me a long, long time in terms of HBO fights. Um, the Meldrick Taylor Chavez one, when you mentioned, when you mentioned that, I, I flashed back to watching that one on HBO. So it, it's, it's been synonymous, that's for sure. I'll, I'll say my top one is Gotti Ward. Uh, the first one. I mean, all three oh, were great, yeah. but yeah. Gotti Ward, Gotti Ward, the first one, and and I I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to watch just that ninth round with Emmanuel Stewart, the late great Emmanuel Stewart, who was such a fantastic uh, broadcaster in his own right, right? Uh, who came, who at the end of the fight said, "This should be the round of the century," <laughs> and he just he, he just probably right, and, and you know that you. you and you, you, you do play-by-play. Play. You know how hard it is to, to stick the landing sometimes amongst all the excitement. And amongst all the excitement, he, he stuck the landing with, this should be the round of the century. And I can't find a better one. Uh, Corrales Castillo was, was really, really good. And you can debate it. And I, you know, either side would be right on the argument. But give me Gotti. First, hey, first round, uh, Hearns Hagler also on HBO. It was yes. a pay-per-view, but on HBO. Yep. But yeah, the, those Gotti Ward fights were epic. And they were all on HBO. Go back and YouTube those yep. as well. It's amazing. It's amazing the litany of those fights. Prince of Darkness, I've got a role here on Big Fight Weekend. Promote again when you can be heard on Fox Sports Radio because you'll probably mention something about Jacobs and Derevyuchenko coming this weekend after the fight on Saturday night. What about it? Oh, yeah. You can hear me uh, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific time, Friday into Saturday. Uh, that's 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday mornings. And then uh, 3 to 6 a.m. Eastern on Sunday mornings, that's 12 to 3 uh, a.m. Pacific time. There's a lot of time zones here. And I'm not even going to give you the Hawaii or Alaskan time, so I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then you can hear myself and uh, Brady Quinn every Sunday night, uh, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern time. So these, these guys in and around talking a little football this weekend will probably mix in some boxing. And, Jonas, I always love your insight. Let's see if we get a good one with Jacobs and Derevyuchenko on HBO. They'll have one more in November, the Bivol. Uh, Pascal fight uh, for the light heavyweight title will, I believe, be the last one, at least for now, for HBO Boxing. But this one could be a real good one. Listen, I appreciate it, as always. Let's see what happens as they mix it up in New York on Big Fight Weekend. Thank you, Jonas. Thank you. Big Fight Weekend, brought to you in part by Touch Vodka. Drink, eat, live, local Touch Vodka. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. My man is back, and he is in the NYC, where they're going to hold this Jacob Derevyuchenko uh, fight for the vacant IBF middleweight championship Saturday night on HBO. It is part of Big Fight Weekend. I am merely your host, T.J. Reeves. Ari Russell back with me. Ready to mix it up a little bit about this. Okay, so Jonas Knox and I were talking earlier about this matchup just before you came on. And it's interesting how well these guys know each other. So Ari, as I say, welcome to you. How much does that play into the storyline here that these guys have known each other for years? They've sparred together over 300 rounds, as Daniel Jacobs was talking about. 
Uh, they're friendly. They're they're they like each other. Now they're not going to like each other Saturday night allegedly. But what about that angle? Well, you know, sometimes that can play. You know, into a really good fight. You got two guys that that are very familiar with one another, so they know each other's frequencies and tendencies. That that could that could lend out to a very entertaining fight. And and also when both fighters respect one another, obviously they do. If they've been sparring with one another for all these years. I think that that can lend to, you know, it, it, it should be exciting because they're going to want to both obviously win the title because it's vacant. The winner wins the title. So you got something on the line. You know, it, it's, it's a good setup for a good entertaining fight, at least. That's how I'm going to look at it. Well, and of course, Jacobs had the shot at Triple G about a year and a half ago and lost right. the unanimous decision. Right. Narrow, narrow decision. Right. Uh, Derevyuchenko was in line to fight Triple G, but Triple G wanted to rematch Canelo Alvarez, so he dropped the IBF right. belt. So, Ari, that's what brought this fight together, is that Derevyuchenko is the number one contender, Jacobs is another contender, so they're going to fight for the belt, and the winner may get that shot, Jacobs a rematch with Triple G, uh, maybe Derevyuchenko mm-hmm. gets that fight with him. Maybe one of them gets Canelo Alvarez in the near future, nine yeah. months, 12 months, 15 months from now, if you win this fight. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a good setup fight. Obviously, it is it is for a belt, so that would be of interest to whomever they fight next. But you're right. You've got two really solid, well, top-of-the-line fighters in and around the weight class that, that are waiting you know, potentially in in uh, in line for the winner of this fight. So there's intrigue not only for this fight because it has a title, but also who is going to be fighting who next, and whoever that's going to be is going to be a high level fighter, a champion. So so we're looking at you know uh, this. That's what I like that, that we're starting to see at least in in the boxing realm uh, a little bit of some consistency regarding fight fights and and there's some crowded at these weight classes and the middle weight classes, you know, we mentioned before the, the welterweights, the light welterweights, we have some, some consistency there and some crowded fields. That's how the sport gets better when you start having better competition. So when you start having these fights, this is a title fight, but it's kind of like a lower rung title fight that might set up the next fight. That's how things get interesting because now we get to pay attention to the entire field here. And when you start getting competitive, that's, that's really why the sport gets better and when it was in its heyday, I guess in the 80s at this rank, when you had a lot of uh, players out here fighting for, for you know these belts, that's when it gets more entertaining. And I think that's when the American boxing fans start to pay more attention. Agreed. Which is ironic because of what's going on in the in the media landscape right now. Well, no doubt. And, and you've got a, a lot of great fighters that are American fighters, and the more you can showcase them. I wonder, I love leaning on your insight. You're in the New York City area with the understanding that, look, Jets and Giants and the NFL is going to dominate the airwaves and the newspapers and the Internet. I, I get it, the Yankees offseason or the Knicks starting up in the NBA. Does this is this fight even on the stove? Is it in the kitchen, much less the front burner? Is it even in? The, is there any discussion about this in the New York City area? It's at the Hulu Theater, the old Felt Forum, as I keep joking about, of Madison Square Garden. Is there anything about this fight anywhere in and around New York and in the media this week? Well, well, first off, I mean the Giants stink, and no one wants to talk about that. So let's go there, right? And the Jets aren't expected to do much this year, even though they're playing a little bit better than they expected. So. It is football season, but that's on a Sunday, okay? So we could talk about that. The Rangers are kind of playing like crap, and the Knicks are the New York Knicks. 
So New York is a boxing town anyway, always has been. I mean, it's always been really the center of boxing historically. So you're always going to get a buzz for fights in the town no matter what. Now, from a mainstream level, is it going to be as big as the Yankees are going to be? Of course not. Is this fight, you know, the the Ali Frazier fight? Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. But is it going to have some interest? Is it going to get people excited? I, you know, I mean, you're you're right there on, uh, you know, 34th and 7th there, and uh, right above Penn Station, basically right next to the Garden. It it's going to create some interest, absolutely. You know, you said New York has got enough people in it to have enough boxing fans to at least make that venue. Uh, entertaining venue on that Saturday night. All right, a few more minutes with Ari Russell here. You can follow him at Ari Russell. I love his insight coming on with me. He's based again in the New York City area. It is Big Fight Weekend. Daniel Jacobs, Sergey Jerevyachenko, the unbeaten uh, Lithuanian that is it, it, largely untested, has not fought big-time contenders, so it's kind of a bit of an unknown against a guy going around one more time here in Jacobs, who's older. Can he get one more mega fight out of winning this one and then the Stepping Stone fight? So I, I spent an extended period of time with Jonas Knox talking about HBO, and I know it's kind of it's morbid. They're, they're going out of the boxing business. All right, I'll, I'll ask you your opinion. How much does it damage the sport that such an iconic, credible network that's televised boxing since the 70s. Thousands of, of uh, fighters that have come through that have fought, at least hundreds of fighters that have come through and fought on HBO, thousands of rounds. How much does it damage the sport that HBO is getting out of this, Ari? Your take. It doesn't look good, you know, but it, it, luckily there's still other avenues to go. I mean, it's sad to see them go, but, I mean, there's still networks you can watch. Obviously, Showtime, it picks up plenty. It will be able to pick up the slack. ESPN, NBC Sports, you know, CBS Sports, you know, we're going to, I actually personally would like to see the shift. I mean, I think it, it sucks just because we've seen so many great fights on HBO and, and the great commentary of you know, Jim Lampley and, and uh, Larry, Larry Merchant. Merchant. Yep, you, yep. Know, you know, I mean, those are that, those are the classic guys. And of course, Harold Letterman coming in. Well, you know, <laughs> I've got seven rounds to six. You know, I love that, you know, coming in. Just, I, you know, I said, I'm going to miss all of that, you know, but hopefully those guys get picked up. And, you know, Larry Merchant seemingly getting more intoxicated as the rounds progress. At least it seems that way. <laughs> That's always a joke that every, every boxing match, you know, and obviously they got the guys like Roy Jones and Max Kellerman. I think Kellerman is, is one of the better analysts uh, as far as understanding the sport is concerned uh, you know but those guys also have places they can find other places and there will be other avenues where it's going to pick up the slack just historically it's it just thinks you know it's it's like it's like you remember with uh you know monday night football used to be i know it's still on the disney network you know on espn but being on abc you know back with, from the cosell days and moving on to you know don meredith and off to you know later on the later stages and then the forgetful stages of, of Monday Night Football, the Dennis Millers of the world. Uh, but, but, you know, at times end. You know, we don't see the wild world of sports anymore, and that was really the Rune Arlen. Well, let me give uh, – uh, here's a good stadium. analogy. I think a lot of people could identify yeah. with this. Like when the NBA left – CBS and you had Dick Stockton doing all those Lakers magic games uh, Lakers uh, Celtics games with Tommy Heinsohn back in the 80s and eventually the NBA moved on to NBC and then you had Marv Albert calling Michael Jordan and the Bulls right. for so many years and right. now it's moved on to ABC and ESPN and they're calling right. the Warriors it's just it's like one different door closed on and on and on another thing I thought of when you were talking is that Chris Berman and Tom Jackson were synonymous on Sunday night with doing the NFL 
NFL highlights on ESPN. And when ESPN with primetime, when they lost the rights and could no longer show that show, it's like a void. And it's a void that we're not going to have a big fight with Lampley and Larry Merchant or Max Kellerman and and Roy Jones or Lennox Lewis or the late Emmanuel Stewart calling the fight. It's a void to me. I, I do agree with that, but you know that it is an opportunity for another network to step up into this void, uh, and now is the time to do it. You could probably get it on dollars on the cents as the divisions, especially in the middleweight, and we're starting to see the heavyweight. You know, this is a time where you know maybe someone they do pick up Lampley and Merchant for a Friday night fight or a Saturday night fight on CBS. I mean, I, I remember and you remember this. I'm we're still you know we're we're aging ourselves when they actually had. Boxing matches on network television right, every week. Right, right. You know, mostly on ABC. It was mostly in the wild world of sports. But you actually had heavyweight champion. You had championship fights uh, every week almost on, on network television. It'd be really, really cool to see that, uh, to see that move, you know, at some point. And then maybe that's where you can get Lampley and you can get, right. you know, Larry Merchant back again. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think the I, – I think that's really where it was, the composition of their production. I think was superior. I don't know if we're able to get that again, but at the end of the day, it's really what's happening inside the ring that really matters. And if that's starting to get a little better, and I believe it does, I know it sucks that HBO is gone because they've been so much for the sport for all these years, literally keeping it alive. Um, you know, I think maybe now is it's okay, we move on. And then ultimately this next generation that's watching MMA, maybe they, it won't matter to them as much because it doesn't seem right. that, that these younger millennials are into boxing as much they like the MMA. They like the, the WWF kind of seen around the, uh, that as well, the dramatic drama, drama. But there's still the American boxing fan that's in our demographic that, that hasn't had some good stuff, and it's going to be sad to see HBO go. But, and certainly, you know, and it's a good point. Hopefully, someone will fix the flag. Well, we'll see. And certainly, to your point, there are other outlets. Uh, obviously, Showtime is going to continue on uh, showing all of their fights and uh, the deal that they have done now. Uh, with Heyman uh, Promotions and uh, with Fox and, and and Premier Boxing Champions, ESPN has their deal with Top Rank. The right. new streaming service is DAZN, even though it's spelled D-A-Z-N, as we were talking with Jonas Knox about. They're streaming a bunch of championship fights, 40 or 50 of them every year. So you have outlets. It's just a shame that this outlet won't be there anymore. All right, before I wrap with you, uh, give me an HB. If I say point blank, give me an HBO fight that comes to mind immediately. I'm curious because you've been right. watching it for a while. Which one jumps immediately? Yeah. It was really during the Roy Jones era that I watched probably the most of it. I mean, I've been watching Fox forever, but I just remember I forgot who his opponent was. But people might remember he knocked the opponent out in early in the early rounds. It must have been the fourth or fifth round. And I forgot who it was, but the boxer was so – he hit him so hard with, with, with the counterpunch. It just knocked him out on cold that the boxer was still on the ground punching as he's on the ground, <laughs> thinking he's still standing upright. And I think others that remember that fight, like, you know, it must – if you go to the Roy Jones rap video, you must have, you must have forgot yes. to remember that. Which yeah, we should, yes, I, I wish yes. We were to, I wish I would forget that ever happened, but – but but uh, he has that 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 round or whatever in in the rap video where he talks about all the people that he knocked out, uh, well, which was 
he, which is probably one of the might be up there with the the Deion Sanders must be the money like as bad. <laughs> <laughs> he he definitely had a lot of spectacular knockouts in the 2000s, and he helped yeah. kind of bridge from the heavyweights. This because the remember, remember HBO owned the heavyweights for so long, from Holmes to Tyson mm-hmm. to Lennox Lewis, and then it became guys like Roy Jones and Oscar De La Hoya and the yeah. Gotti Ward fights yeah. that uh, that Jonas was talking yeah. about earlier uh, on the interview in the 2000s that kind of moved us through. So and now it's Golovkin and Triple G and those kind of guys in the lighter weights. Uh, that have moved it through, so it's it's just amazing that it's lasted that long um, on HBO. All right, any final thoughts here? Again, Jacobs and Derevyuchenko. I hope it's a good fight. I hope it's an exciting fight Saturday for Lampley and Max Kellerman and Roy Jones to call because it's one of the last ones we get. Let's hope that we see some fireworks at least there in New York. I hope so. I hope it's one of those that goes the distance or at least goes later in the round. Just as both those guys are fighting like. It's their last meal that they have after they're done uh, <laughs> that they can eat without drinking out of a straw. So, like, yeah, I would like to see them, like, you know, light it, light each other up. I mean, that's what the whole point of the sport is, is, is seeing, you know, a lot of activity and action and, uh, you know, guys really putting it out on the line as if it's their, the last time that they're going to be in the ring. So that's what I'm hoping for. In this particular case, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just think that, uh, you know, Jacobs has too much experience, but that doesn't mean nothing. You know, at this point – you know, his opponent uh, is, is kind of raw. So I, don't, I haven't seen him enough to make, make an analysis of this. I'm just hoping personally that it's an entertaining fight. Well, Derevyuchenko does have 10 knockouts in his 12 fights in his limited experience. Got a good left hand. Let's see. And Jacob's a good right hand uh, that used to drop people all yeah. the time. So there's definitely that one-punch possibility from both of these guys. We'll see. Uh, as they mix it up. Listen, it's in your backyard in New York at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Let's see what happens on Saturday night. I always appreciate the insight from one Ari Russell. Follow him at Ari Russell on Twitter. Thank you for hopping on Big Fight Weekend again, Chief. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Touch Vodka. Drink, eat, live, local Touch Vodka. So there we go. My man Ari Russell with me. My thanks also to Jonas Knox for being with me. I I look for Danny Jacobs, Daniel Jacobs, to get the win in this fight, but it may not be easy. It may go late rounds. It may go decision. We'll find out how tough Derev Kachinko is, what kind of chin he has. Again, the big right hand is the trademark of of, uh, the Miracle Man. Let's see. I mean, it's the right hand that put Peter Quinlan to sleep in one round. It's the right hand that kept dropping Sergio Mora in their fights when Jacobs beat him both times. Let's see if Jacobs can summon that at 31 years of age. He's got 29 career knockouts. IBF middleweight title is on the line. HBO televising fight will take place somewhere around 10.30, 11 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. Let's see how it comes out in New York at the Hulu Theater adjacent to Madison Square Garden for this matchup. All right, we want to thank our guests for being with us again. Check out Jonas Knox this weekend on Friday nights, Saturday nights, overnight on Fox Sports Radio. He'll be talking about this fight as well through the iHeartMedia app and Fox Sports Radio's fleet of stations. My man Ari Russell as well. You can find Jonas at the Jonas Knox on Twitter. Find my man Ari Russell at Ari Russell. Huge boxing fan. He's in New York City where this one gets ready to take place for the portion of the middleweight title that's on the line. Let's see if Daniel Jacobs sets himself up for a matchup maybe with 
Canelo Alvarez? Does he get Triple G in a rematch for this IBF belt? Let's find out what happens on Saturday evening and go for there uh, from there. And again, whether you found this show through RadioInfluence.com, uh, subscribe again, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found. Look it up. Big Fight Weekend and subscribe. Rank the show. Rate the show. Give us some comments and some feedback on the show. You can reach out to me uh, as well at Buck Sideline Guy, B-U-C, Buck Sideline Guy. I'm part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio broadcast. I'll be traveling with that NFL team uh, coming this weekend to Cincinnati, Ohio for the Bucks to play the Bengals. But you better believe I'm going to find the TV screen with HBO or my watch it, uh, HBO app, HBO Go app, and be able to see this fight coming Saturday night and be able to talk all about it in the post-fight mode after this weekend. So however you found this show, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the show comes directly to your device. So that is it. It sets the stage for Saturday night. Jacobs Derevyachenko, IBF middleweight championship. We hope you've enjoyed our preview show here on Big Fight Weekend. Enjoy the fight. We'll be back off the weekend to recap whatever happens and what's next for either Daniel Jacobs or the Lithuanian Derevyachenko. Can he pull the upset? Let's find out. And thank you for being with us on Big Fight Weekend. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Joining me now here on the MMA report is a man that's going to be stepping back inside the UFC cage. Come up here, UFC Fight Night 138 up in Canada. Andre Sukunthal, who, of course, has gone through an opponent change. Initially, it was Gavin Tucker. Now he's taking on Jonathan Martinez. You said a lot of people made fun of me because of that, but I'm past all that now. I've grown a lot from that fight, and I've learned a lot from the experience. I probably needed it. It humbled me a lot, and now I'm back to my roots, back to the hungry Andre that I was before I got to the UFC. What what stuck out to me it says I probably needed that. Why did do you think that you needed that to happen to put you where you're at now? You know, uh, um, everything in the UFC um, happened pretty fast and fairly fast. Um, all last year, I would say 2017 to 18. You know, and um, you know, when I fought locally, the show was run different, but my focus was always the same. You know what I'm saying? No matter what happened, my focus was always the same because I had that goal of getting signed to the UFC. And then I found when I got there, um, a lot of things changed, and I felt like my focus drifting on other things, but what was important, you know, not only in fighting, but in my life. So that's why I say I think I needed that um, because if I won, you know, um, yeah, I would, I would probably like would have blown, blown up and, or whatever, but I would have won by just, you know, standing up to a guy that had like a broken leg, you know. So then, of course, more people would talk, but I really needed uh, to be grounded, you know, and, um, you know, forget about the media, forget about the cameras, forget about the money. Forget about the fame, the popularity, everything that comes with it, you know, um, and just focus on winning fights. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.